Listeners beware. There's no turning back now. You've entered the Horror Apocalypse Podcast. All right. Uh, that was just for shits and giggles. Anyway, <laughs> um, hey everybody! Uh, all I can't even see how many are watching right now. This is really fucked up today. So anyway, uh, hey everybody! Welcome to the horror apocalypse. Um, I, I'm I'm not in it. I'm not in it. I'm just not with it today. Uh, we we finally have Randy from uh, Straight Chillin Podcast on uh, to discuss a movie with us. Welcome, Randy. Hey, I'm sorry I took it away from you. Whatever it is, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry you don't have it. Just, oh my God, drained me, man. Mm, you know what the, you know what the problem is? Turning you, you had too much time. That that was the problem. You just didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> And you've been rushing for weeks, and now you had all this time, and you're like, oh, I got plenty of time. I'm just going to take a nap. You know, yeah, that's my, that day before that the finals problem. My, my yeah, new boss actually came in. New boss came in, wrote the schedule for for me, and he's like, hey, you, you like to do your podcast on Friday? I said, yeah. He goes, you know what? Let's just go ahead. I'll, I'll schedule you to open. If I schedule, schedule you on Friday, I'm like, fantastic. You, you are the man. Um, and then today... We had a problematic uh, issue arise that resulted in me uh, staying an hour and a half past the time I was scheduled to get out. So, um, yeah, I would have had about three hours to prep, which would have made things even worse. But we we did pretty well, which means we would have started somewhere around 1045. Exactly. So let's just jump right into this. Um, Randy, you're going to be familiar with this layout. We stole half of it from you guys. So um, <laughs> feel right at home. There you go. First things first, let's uh let's get caught up. Um uh, we'll go with you Randy, you're the guest. What have you been watching this past week? God, I actually have watched quite a bit and I'm going to be able to cleanly split between this segment and our own what you've been watching segment. <laughs> That's how much I've actually viewed this week. Which is crazy because I feel like I have no time on my hands at all. Um first I want to talk about a movie called The Devil's Advocate. You guys are familiar with this, I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah. I have never seen this film. I it showed up on Netflix for me and um Man, that is a fucking thing. That is a that is a real movie. I I don't think I've ever seen Pacino go like full on Pacino before. I just haven't seen a lot of his work besides Godfather Part One. I still haven't even seen Part Two. Excuse me. Um, and this one is like, I now understand why people imitate this man so much. It's <laughs> got to be so fun to speak like he does all the time. <laughs> that shit he yep. he laughs like a comic book character like it's like you can read it in a bubble above his head it's crazy um let's see what else i, I mean aside from that i've been doing i've been using what is that the ring fit the switch game it's like a workout game because uh the only way to interest this, this badass and working, working, out, working is, out is uh, Nintendo game apparently, and it works. And I, I gotta tell you, man, I could barely move yesterday. It's it got got me that hard. I don't know if I'm just really pushing it or what, but um, or I'm just that weak from start. But either way, my ass is sore. I don't know. Those are the big, those are the biggies for now. I think you're doing it wrong if your ass is sore. Well, I mean, it depends on how you're <laughs> maybe doing you're, it. I guess. Yeah, true. <laughs> well, maybe you're doing it right. Kink shaming. No, none of that around here. I assume. 
Oh, no, we'll clean the <laughs> shit out of your kink. We're good. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, go, but, go, go for it, then. But we're also fine with it. So we'll, we'll just shame it, but but we'll do it okay. later. It's a low-hanging fruit. You can bat it about if you want. <laughs> Giggity. At my uh, age, both low-hanging fruits. But go ahead, Chris. What have you been watching? <laughs> uh, I finally got around to start uh, catching up on some of the shows I missed um, when uh, we had some cable internet issues and whatever in the house. So uh, I'm almost done with Batwoman. Um, I've saved that one for last because it's going to be a different Batwoman next year. So who cares? Um, And we watched this movie this week and the movie we're talking about tonight. And I swear there was something else that I saw. And every single time I always say, I'm going to write it down. So I don't forget. And I forgot. Uh, Oh, and I've been rewatching Eureka on Amazon, on uh, Amazon prime. I love that show. I, I, on purpose. Yeah. (laughs) That show was so good. That was a sci-fi show. show, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It was uh, a Eureka and warehouse 13. Um, two, uh, two of the shows on the, uh, the old Friday night lineups. And, um, Sorry, I was going to ask, just, how many seasons of that are there? Seven, I think it's it. Holy hell. Got you. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Take my breath away. That's crazy. I, it's, uh, what is that? What, it's like uh, Bosch syndrome. It's just a show that exists somewhere outside my purview and just has a, a million seasons somehow. <laughs> That's how I felt about Orphan Black. It was like, i never seen yeah. a single episode, but they're like, there have been 20 seasons. Yeah. Um, apparently, and that woman plays every part in every episode. But uh, that's uh, uh, that, that's that's been about me. What uh, what have you been up to, Michael? I uh, the exact anyway, that's same. great. So anyway, what I was saying, no, I'm just <laughs> the exact <laughs> same boat. I I wrote I, I got a couple of things off the top of my head, and I know there was a ton more that I just can't remember. Um, I, I know I'm caught up on the Masked Singer. Um, we watched Nightmare on Elm Street three. Uh, mm-hmm. to, to kick off our uh, year three, mm-hmm. uh, we watched Adam's Family, and the new, uh, one, the new one or the old ones? No, the the the, the old ones with um, the old one. Okay, yeah, Raul Julia. Raul Julia. Yeah, yeah. And every single time I see that movie, uh, Morticia gets gets sexier and sexier every yeah. time I. See that movie. I think that comes <laughs> with age. I don't know. She's not her age, but yours and mine. Yeah, yeah. And I used to be like. <laughs> What's with this woman? She looks spooky, whatever. But yeah, she's an attractive woman. Oh yeah, yep. Um, uh, so and some other shit I can't remember. So there we go. We're all caught up. Now it is time for our fun stuff to start. Oh, Stephen says old Adams family is the best. Yes, most definitely. It's time uh, for fright bite. Who wants to go first with fright bite tonight? Fright bite. Oh, is he talking to me or you? I don't know, man. I, I'll, I'll go. I'll go. Let's go. You know what? Good. Executive you know what? decisions being made by the guest. Um, <laughs> so you I have a couple of things. Um, his autofocus. I have a couple of things uh, that are sort of, uh, well, one thing's regional. Another thing is just sort of, I don't know. It's Mexican. So it's kind of close. <laughs> um, I have a Mexican soda here called uh, Mundet. And I'm sure that's not the way that it prefers to be pronounced. But uh, one way or another, that's how it's going to be for me um it's an apple soda and I, I actually first tried it at taco bell so it's not that it's not that much of a secret um but i found it uh like locally available around here it's kind of high sp- hispanic population around here so they have a lot of these cool um imported goods and it's really really goddamn delicious i gotta say um it's like apple juice 
Uh, kind of, yeah. It's it really is like an apple soda. It's kind of tough, tough yeah. to describe. Where it's not, it's not quite apple juice, but it it's it's definitely brethren to it. It's more, it's closer to like a cold cider, I would say. Oh. Um, yeah. So it's like a, I don't know, woodchuck without the boozy. Um, <laughs> um, I also got, and I'm gonna have, to, I'm gonna struggle to open this, but I have a cactus lollipop, prickly pear cactus lollipop, um, made here in Phoenix. Um, ingredients are sugar satin sweet maltose syrup natural flavor propylene and a bunch of other shit but um that's a lot more shit than i expected when i started reading that list um and i guess we'll have to see how this goes as soon as i can open the damn thing um, so natural cactus flavor i mean yeah. so if i were to go and eat a cactus and then eat that and be like yeah that's, that's i mean yeah like i wouldn't go face first or anything but i guess this is how, <laughs> how it tastes um yeah, it's, this is legitimately giving me trouble. I don't know if I'm just too weak from wing, uh, ring fit. But... <laughs> Nintendo kicked my ass. The world doesn't want me to have this. I swear to God, Cactus has every natural defense known to man and this unnatural defense as well. Jeez. This is where you find out it's so much like a cactus. You put it in your mouth and you get stuck with all the little prickly things all over the yeah. mouth. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm a, that's like the a, natural flavor. Here we go. All right, let's give it a shot. I'm gonna not lick it near the microphone for your benefit. I thought that licking it near the microphone would be a benefit. I mean, I guess it depends on your position on that low hanging fruit. <laughs> Am I the only one aroused right now? <laughs> impossible. No, no, we have viewers, so impossible. Um, I'm gonna say that this is a. It's not very tasty. It's like fine. Yeah, it it sure tastes like um, a thing. It's yeah. very. It tastes more like sugar than anything else because it's a lollipop. I, I find it difficult to find a reason to have another one, but hey, there it is. <laughs> or have another lick. It's like I don't know. I guess there's a little bit of like herbiness to it. I guess you'd say, but oh. it's so slight to where it's not not even really recognizable as anything other than sugar. This Almost is sugar. Like yeah, yeah, I guess it's not. Well, it's not. It, it ain't. It ain't uh, helping my throat at all. I can promise you that. This is. Um, this is definitely candy. All those pricks in your throat. I get it. I get it. Oh, there's that. I didn't get it. Fruit. I didn't get it. I'm. I'm picking this up just now. So yeah, there's. Uh, there's the. The less than subtle treats that I got. <laughs> all right, Chris. What What have you got for all right. us? I got this. Um from Katie. She picked it up at her work and she said, I figured you could try this on one of your fried bites. I said, okay, sure. So uh, this is popcorn, but it is called candy pop popcorn with Butterfinger. Oh, she, I have she got seen me... that. You've had what? I have seen that. Oh, you've seen it. Okay. Uh, she also got me another one that's Oreo. So I, you know, flip the coin and Butterfinger it is. So it's a you know what I can't wait for is when we do uh, House Shark with uh, Kate, and you yeah. have to do the one chip challenge again. Because you're gonna have the chip by then. Uh, right? Yeah. There was this. Uh, hey, did you? Did you? Gotta go. <laughs> there we go. So what is it coated, or what is is it bound it, together with? It looks like fiddle faddle. It does appear to be butter fingered. 
man, that <laughs> did not sound right at all. But then again, mm, sounds know, perfect to me. <laughs> the dynamic we're establishing here is really troubling me. <laughs> Hypersexualized no, it, butterfingers. A, I don't think I could eat a lot of this, but. Oh, wait, here we go. As he pursues, starts to eat the whole bag. I'm looking for one. I'm looking for one that has like a lot of. Here we go. Yeah, perfect. This one's oh, got a got lot of gunk. crap on it. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. It's fiddle faddle. Yeah, looks like. Is it like without the caramel? Is it like um does it come off in your hands at all or anything like that? Like is it melty? No, it's melty. A little melty. Okay. That's good. No. If it's not, then I think we get a problem. It's a it's a very light butterfinger taste. More of a popcorn taste, but it is not bad. It is not right. bad. Just out of curiosity. Uh yeah, let's not read the calories on this. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Michael, what do you got? <laughs> Uh, well, would you guys recommend what you've tasted so far? Uh, I would. Yeah, I'd recommend the soda. Um, the prickly pear, I mean, maybe. I don't know. If you're in the area, go nuts. All right. What I brought today is uh, a potato chip. Um, oh, no. Here's the thing. I don't. I, I hate salt and vinegar. No, I, I hate salt and vinegar. I hate dill-flavored things. So... I just have a feeling like this is going to taste like a salt and vinegar chip, and it's not going to go well. But I brought Zaps Cajun Dill Gator Taters. Mm, Zaps is a good brand. Zaps is a good brand. That voodoo, that's the good stuff. Mm -hmm. I've seen that one. I haven't tried that one yet either. It's pretty good. I'm very very particular on my potato chips. but uh, I I do like dill, dill chips, so... These look like standard kettle chips. Um, it it smells like dill. Did you see? It looks like just a standard kettle chip. Yeah, you give it that crunch. Yeah that that was it. That was ASMR all day, man. <laughs> the hair on the back of my neck standing up. <laughs> Something else is standing up too, but we don't need to get into that. All right. That's a. That's um, a really hard bottle you got there. You can, you can really... I'm going to try one more. You can really taste the dill, and nothing about this says Cajun to me whatsoever. The brand is Cajun, I'm sure, is all it is. Like that's, yep. It's a New Orleans brand, or a New Louisiana brand, anyway. I believe. <laughs> so he reads the back of it. Made right here in Everett, Massachusetts. <laughs> huh. <laughs> Made in Zimbabwe? What the fuck? <laughs> No, uh, actually, Hanover, Pennsylvania. Because, um, you know, when I think well, Cajun... Power I think of branding! <laughs> oh, well, good news. Okay, uh... Say again? I said good news that? is gluten-free. Oh, well. Oh, yeah, you don't like gluttons. Okay. That's good. Rounding up all the gluten and shooting it into space. Um, <laughs> well, it's 150 calories per serving. So for the two chips that I'm going to eat out of this whole bag, um, that's probably what, like 15 calories? Um, I uh, would not recommend it. If you're not going to finish that when you mail the chip to me, can you throw that in the ba- in the yeah. box too? Well, I'll take care of that. I, <laughs> be a I, I like dill. <laughs> yeah, just give it, you know, wrap it up tight. It'll be fine. That's disgusting. I'll do that on my next. Uh, <laughs> I'll do that on my next uh, fried bite. Will be me trying the exact same tail zaps. Let's see how they hold up. <laughs> <laughs> yep, they taste like dill. 
right. So I like cardboard. So we, we actually have a very special episode today. We have Randy from Straight Channel Podcast, as I mentioned before. He uh, is so graciously joining us to discuss um, uh, my number one pick for the PG the top five PG-13 horror movies when we had our episode. Uh, we will be discussing, as my camera took a shit, what the hell was that? All right, 1408. I told you guys, technical issues. There it goes. Yep. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what the hell's going on. But anyway, we're discussing 1408, John Cusack, Stephen King, blah, 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 blah. Uh, short story taken from his book, Everything Eventual, or Everything's Eventual. Um, have you guys seen this before, and would you recommend it? Randy? Um, I saw this movie one time before. <clears throat> Excuse me. It was in theaters. Um, and up until I watched it this week, I actually did not realize there was an alternate ending to this thing. Um, so I'm sure, I'm assuming we're going to get into that at some point. But... Uh, Three, I believe. Oh shit! I still, well, I saw two. <laughs> still, still got some work to do. Hold on, but um, yeah, I would recommend I did it for not sure. Know that. Yeah, yeah, I didn't either. <laughs> Figured that out in on wow. the fly and not in full. But yeah, I would recommend it. It's a, wow. it, especially like you say, it's a pretty good example of good PG thirteen horror. Um, it gives you a sort of psychological bent while still giving you some some action. I think it's worth a watch. Excellent. Chris? I would agree. Um, I did not know about the alternate endings, especially three alternate endings. So I guess we can throw that into what we watched um, as far as if anyone watched any of the alternate endings. But uh, I I enjoyed it. Um, I was confused a little bit as it was going on, but something tells me I was supposed to be confused. Um, And by the time I got to the ending, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. And I was I was completely satisfied with it as far as that goes. I thought it was a, a decent story. Um, probably not the best anything Stephen King has ever written in the past, but I mean, it was a short story, so you know why not? Uh, I would absolutely recommend it to someone to someone to check it out. It, it's I, I feel like it was fun and safe. You know, like I could easily have like a ten year old watch this and not feel like I, I'm a bad human being. So. I don't think what this is your old attention anyway. Uh, I, w- I would say probably about 15 minutes in, he's gonna, he or she is gonna be watching something completely different. So, um, but yeah, I, I have seen this movie before. I love this movie. I would definitely recommend it. Um, but after watching it for this, this show last night and watching the, the ending and checking out the, the short story, my uh, opinion is still the same, but it's not as strong as it was. It's it's a little weaker, and we'll we'll talk about why as as we jump into this. So, um, Chris, if you want to go ahead and, and lead us off, tell us about the movie and and your thoughts. And sure, sure, I can do that. Um, so, from what's the best way to start? I guess the best place to start is from the beginning. So we have John Cusack's character who is a, uh, for lack of better terms, writer, uh, journalist, uh, somebody who debunks haunted houses and haunted things and whichever. He has never seen a ghost. He uh, would love to see a ghost if something existed, but he has never seen anything and nothing seems to surprise him. Uh, gets a letter, uh, it was a postcard, if I remember right, uh, in the mail that says, postcard, yes, yeah, is uh, Dolphin Hotel, New York, 1408. It piques his interest. He uh, tries to rent the room. The manager says it's unavailable uh, pretty much forever. 
And he eventually is able to get a reservation using a lawyer, gets his uh, gets himself down there and uh, has a very interesting conversation with the, with the manager, who is uh, Samuel Jackson. And Samuel Jackson is doing everything in his power to beg him to not stay in this room. Um, everything that he is showing him files of people who have died in this room, people who can't last an hour. Some people can't last minutes in this room. Um, he and John Cusack is thinking this is all part of the part of the scam, you know, that this is how they frighten people to think there's something actually happening in the room. Uh, so he gets his way. He gets uh, gets to the room. And. Uh, that's it. That was the end of the movie right there. He got to the room. That <laughs> yep. was the end of went to sleep. I, nice, tidy. Went to sleep. Tidy eight, eight hours. Three. And yep. Uh, <laughs> no, he, he gets uh, he gets to the room and very soon finds that uh, there may not be a complete hoax in this room um, as the room itself gives him an hour countdown uh, to what was the music it was playing? We've only just begun. Carpenters. Yeah. <clears throat> the car. Yeah. We've only just begun starts playing the clock. The alarm clock sets itself to 60 minutes on a countdown. And you, then the room starts talking with them, uh, which the 60 minutes. Yeah. Did you catch why or, it was the 60 minutes? I assumed it was a 60 minutes because Samuel Jackson kept saying no one can last more than an hour. Mm. Yeah. That's that that's why I was like okay so the, here's the hour countdown. Mm-hmm. So I got to say if that was but, a, uh, if, up until that point if that would have been a scam room it would have been an amazing uh escape the room challenge or some shit. Oh god yeah. Oh god yeah. <laughs> so it, somebody somewhere needs to be making a uh uh one of those escape room things based on 1408. That'd be Hell that'd yeah. be a blast. Um so this room is basically fucking with him, uh, showing him images of uh, people who have died in this room, people who have killed in this room, uh, people who have killed themselves in this room. Uh, he's slowly starting to realize that, hey, there's, you know, there's something going on here. I need to get the fuck out. He tries the window. This was probably one of my more fuck favorite parts. Of this it's probably one of my more favorite parts of this, which is he climbs out the window and he's got to be, well, 14 stories up. So yeah, this moment, at, he fucked 13, up. Yes. <laughs> uh, so he's climbing out the window and he's trying to make his way to the room next door to try to get out. And all the windows have disappeared. And now he's got to try to make his way back to his window. And when he finally makes it back in, you see the, the hotel map on the back of the door. Everything is black except for his room. I, for some reason, I was like, that's awesome. I, I have no idea why I love that so much. I, that, I thought that was so great. I love that too. I, it struck me very much, and this is just because this is we're lousy with this in culture now, is the, reminds me of like a creepypasta idea, something you'd read in like an online fairy tale horror. Sure. You know what I mean, it's just one of those sure. things like, and then, I don't know, it's campfire tale style. <laughs> like It just kind of works for me on that level. I do want to you know correct that? you on something though. That's a good point. What was that? Uh, it's the thirteenth floor. Yeah, no, he said that. I, I corrected. Uh, I talked through I your bump. And I went to yeah. <laughs> okay. I, it's about, it's were... about my, it's about time for me to take my my hits on that. <laughs> <laughs> you got a bump for the rest of this. Yeah. I just stop. Now it's gone. Now it's gone. Surprise, motherfucker! <laughs> there we go. So, anyway, so, yes. I, I hey, Michael, let's let's jump into this here. Let's let's talk about yes. this movie. I I loved it. 
uh, I went into this with a, a nostalgia that I hadn't seen it for a few years, and then I started watching it, and I was loving the suspense, the the draw. It it's deviated uh, so far from the the story as the movie went on. The the story and the movie were growing further and further apart. Um, which was fine by me. You get a little bit of a, a new, fresh take. There's only so many times you can tell the same story, blah, 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 blah. But I don't know if it was just the age of the movie or what, but those ghosts did nothing for me this time around. They they looked so... And when I say they looked displaced, they did. They're supposed to. They're not on the same plane and all this other mumbo-jumbo. But... They, they, what was with the the staticky TV mm-hmm. kind of feel, you know? It just didn't feel right. It that struck me as very of its time. From from what was this? Two thousand seven. Two thousand. Uh, I actually have it up. It is two thousand seven. Two thousand seven. All right. Yes. Like, it just really struck me as like, you know, it, it, the at that time CGI was pretty overused <laughs> and still is obviously, but like it was used um, like still kind of experimentally to sort of see what works. I feel like even in big budgets, they would kind of like be experimental with it, but they didn't really have, they wouldn't commit as much money as they needed to, to make the experiment pay off is kind of my read on that. Uh, so it feels like kind of like a cheap way to add a little, like, you know, sp- things are things that are spooky. VHS tape grain is spooky. Let's just throw that on top of these guys. You can tell they're not of this world, but it kind of looks more like a music video or something. Yeah, this that, this felt like an Aerosmith music video, yeah. as yeah. opposed to like if if they had used the same style of animation, you could have kept that VHS grainy look and done more like the remake of House on Haunted Hill, where it was the one that was in the basement that scared you when we went to the theaters, Chris. You know, something like that as the ghost. I I, I was never scared of that. Okay, so. <laughs> You could have you could have done something like that and made it much more impactful. This made the ghosts bright and colorful, and okay, it was kind of a, a contrast to the coloring in the room, which the coloring in this movie sucked ass. Oh my god, I agree with you but, on that. Hundred <laughs> percent. Then you you've got these sharp, bright, <clears throat> amazing colored ghosts that are VHS grained and and staticky and just didn't fit. I almost felt like they were the real thing and we were on the material plane in the background, you know, I or on the, the spiritual plane in the background. I almost felt like we were the ones that were displaced as opposed to the ghosts. I felt like I was on my couch personally, but uh, I will say that the coloring is, is really it's too bright. And this movie doesn't really call for that. Um, if you're going to do that, I kind of feel like like there's a lot of parallels to be drawn between this character and the character from um uh hill house uh the first season of hill house um god what is that fucker's name the the author like it's that same character whatever so i kept thinking about that and i was like it's interesting how there's like the parallel between these characters but i also thought about that visually how much better that show is than this movie in pretty much all visual respects um and the color is kind of like the main thing like even he even even cusack himself to me doesn't really makes sense in the room he's in it just kind of, i don't know it's like he's displaced because it's a it's an older style room and then on top of that you've got the people in like 50s clothes with the ring static on them and but it looked they're caught caught at this weird like from above angle that makes it look like a creed music video it, it just it doesn't really work 
<laughs> Did you guys get a weird feeling too in the, in the beginning of this when he comes into the 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 lobby of uh, the dolphin? things just didn't seem right. You had the woman that had that old, speaking of 1950s, like the 1950s mm-hmm. pram. Uh, you had the the dog that they were, you know, feeding, the the well-groomed poodle, and, and all mm-hmm. these things that just didn't seem right. Did you, Do you think that had some sort of deeper meaning? My thought was that they were just setting those up for callbacks later. Like that lady with the pram that sh- she she shows up like um at some point he's on, she's on his floor or something like that. Um and I think there may have been even another callback at some other point, but I don't know about the the poodle. I don't know if we saw him again or what, but I, that's just kind of what I it seemed like it's establishing shots. Everything needs to be established so that we can knock those pins over later. You know, I I kind of got the feeling of like it was this was supposed to be like a fancy to do hotel at some point in time. Um, clearly probably not that much anymore, but at, at some point in time, it was a really well to do hotel to see an older lady with that kind of, excuse me, with that kind of jet, you know, uh, overcoat with the poodle, with the big poof on its head and everything to me just kind of fit into that older style ritzy type lady. Mm-hmm. You know, that like you, you see like the uh, older lady who has pretty well to do walking her poodle type of thing. That That's kind of the image I got. But it was that's the kind of thing you would see in like the 50s, 60s. Like it's kind of image like I had in my head. And almost like to me, it felt like it was all like time placed. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way, no right way to say that. It almost had that like nostalgic feeling of even the people in the lobby. But it know? felt out of time. Like, I could, it, yeah, 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 yeah. I can imagine this being like in the in the writer's room, them having a conversation about, not, I don't know if there's a writer's room for this or not, but like if, if there was, and I can imagine the situation where they're like, okay, well, we need a, we're at a haunted hotel. We need a gold room situation, like in The Shining. We need to have, you know, sort of a time displaced situation where, you know, we're automatically kind of off of our, off kilter because it looks like some other place in time that nobody's a part of anymore. Um, and, but they do it subtly enough because there's no legitimate reason for there to be ghosts in the lobby. So they do the next best thing by like just hearkening to that era and showing that this is a place that's been around a long time. Give it sort of uh, a modern equivalent of an ancient evil feeling. Maybe I could see that being the thought process, but to me, it also just kind of felt like, okay, well, let's put this guy here so that we can later on knock him over with this. And then, you know, things that's, I don't know. I just got that feeling from it, but it yeah. makes sense. It makes sense. Okay. I, I was I've watched this this whole movie from beginning to end, trying to find hidden imagery, and uh, I really didn't find much. I did find one though. Uh, I wanted to get you y'all's opinion on this. Um, you see it numerous times where it, it etched into the brick uh, on the wall. It says um, something about burn. Uh, yeah. Burn me alive? Is it? Yeah, yeah, like burn me whole, burn me alive, or something like that. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you. Everything that happens to to John Cusack in that in that room has happened to previous people. We we hear about the woman that drowned. You know, mm-hmm. um, so the room throws water at him, and he's able to survive that. We hear about um, the the person that slid his himself out, and um, the, the room tries to trick him into doing stuff like that. We hear about people that hung himself, and the room tries to trick him into hanging uh, himself, and. Um, Sorry, hanged themselves. I keep forgetting the the vernacular. But anyway, um, so 
it, it got to the point where the room was almost it, it couldn't trick him enough and that could be because he didn't have the uh, he had too much willpower he didn't believe in this sort of thing and as such he had sort of a barrier but even though the, uh, the Samuel Jackson told him that would be one of his weaknesses but um, it, I got the feeling that that was the room trying to communicate to him that it's done it it has been doing this for enough time that it had if was compelled to do this sort of thing but that was the only way it was going to stop so that's it was him the room trying to tell him burn me burn me this is the only way it's it's going to go away until i saw one of the versions of the alternate ending then i thought that it it most definitely was the room communicating to him what he wanted but that was to set it free so it wasn't trapped in the hotel anymore what <laughs> i don't know i mean yeah, I don't, that's that's some heady shit i don't really know I have I had a hard time like understanding anything about what that was going for. You know what I mean? Like it, it's like ominous, and that to me was like, okay, well we have this on, ominous cryptic thing, um, and at the end of at least the ending that you know I don't I don't know what the third alternate ending is, but the first two they go through with the burning, and that's how he manages to um, escape or you know kill the room or whatever, um, and. So I was like, okay, I guess that makes sense. Like, is there is this the room saying something? Because the room definitely communicates with him. It commu- like it calls him for God's sake. So like, it's not like there's no like communication. It's not an, an it's an entity that you can speak to in some way. But I also wondered like, is this left there by somebody who was there in the pre- past? Like that was my like first inkling was okay. So some everybody's you know this just rooms had you know a hundred people let's say go through its halls and maybe one of them managed to carve something in. That it was a suggestion that they themselves didn't take. I don't know. That doesn't, I don't, doesn't really fully track. And I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe what you're saying is accurate where it's like asking for death, but I feel like there's a simpler way to accomplish that than going through the motions of torturing a guy. You'd just be like, Hey, I'm a ghost. I don't want to be here anymore. Could you <laughs> fucking burn me down? <laughs> Um, here's here's the endings. Uh, the theatrical ending had Mike surviving. He and Lily reconcile, although Lily is skeptical of his experience. She finds the box with Mike's possessions that were rescued from 1408, and Mike takes the damaged mini cassette recorder from it, saying, "Sometimes you can't get rid of bad memories. You just got to live with them." Mike briefly tampers with the recorder, making it work again. Suddenly, they hear Katie's voice coming from it, confirming Mike's account. That was where the first one ended. I got chills thinking of that one. That one was a that was the theatrical cut, right? Exactly. Okay. That, that's uh, what I saw. Director's cut ending. Um, this, I think, is the one that I saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, this was kind of long. Uh, so the ending for 1408 was reshot because test audiences felt that the original ending was too much of a downer. This first alternate ending was used in the theatrical release. Original discarded ending had Mike dying in the fire, but happy to see the room destroyed. During Mike's funeral, Olin approaches Lily and Mike's publisher, Sam Farrell, and unsuccessfully attempts to give her a box of Mike's possessions. This is the one that I saw, mm-hmm. uh, including the tape recorder. Olin claims that the room was successfully destroyed and that it will no longer hurt anyone else. He later gets in his car, listens to the recording in the car, and becomes upset when he hears Katie's voice on the tape. He sees a little girl walking in the cemetery uh, behind his car in a dress, calling out as if she's lost. He then sees Mike's burnt corpse in the back seat. Uh, Then he sees the same girl holding hands with her father as they walk away. Olin places the tape recorder back in the box and drives off. The final scene is of the gutted room where an apparition of Mike looks out the window while smoking a cigarette. Here's his daughter calling for him, and he disappears as he walks towards the door. A door is heard closing, and the scene fades. That was the director's cut ending. 
the second alternate ending, Mike Dies in the Fire, instead of a funeral scene from the director's cut, the sounds of a funeral are dubbed over the shots of Los Angeles. Lily and Sam sort through Mike's effects. Sam returns to his New York office and discovers the manuscript that Mike wrote while he was in room 1408. As Mike reads the story audio from Mike's experience in the room is heard, in a final scene, Sam's office doors slam shut and Mike's father's voice is says, as I was, you are, as I am, you will be. Makes zero sense to me but it looks yep. like each one had a different focus on a different character yeah yeah that, ah. I mean, sorry go ahead so for, for me no. uh, i saw the the director's cut that's what led me to believe that they was the room requesting to be set free this was how it was going to get out of that room because now it was in the back of olin's car all the freaking way out in, in california so um instead of in the dolphin in New York. So that, that was my thought process on it. I I was very like, I saw that cut as well. And when I, when they had a Cusack's corpse in the backseat, I was very, very groany about this. uh, (laughs) First of all, it didn't look great to me. Um, Second of all, it was just sort of like, this is like the lamest excuse for a jump scare. Like you're going to, I don't know. It's supposed to be poetic in some way. Cause it's really not. It's just feels cheap. It's that low hanging fruit we were talking about. Yeah, exactly. And they pummel that bitch. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. Like to me, that's that's probably the weakest in my mind. Um, him, the the idea of him being stuck in the room and or being a, an apparition in the room, like you said, and um, being reunited with his daughter and being able to leave freely. I mean, that's satisfying enough. All these endings are on some level satisfying, but I think probably the best one is the um, the theatrical cut. I think I like that best. Yeah, yeah. That um, I haven't seen that one personally but um yeah that I, I always see the one with the car even even though they're all on the blu-ray i have yet to to see the alternate endings yeah we had we had the movie on dvd like it was probably bought in like 2011 type of thing like it's been around a while i i don't think it's got any of those things on there i haven't even, didn't even bother looking to see what what extras were on there last night when i was watching it so but now it, for the just in case, I'm probably going to pop it on when we're done with this, just to take a look and see what what the other things were. Did, did they shoot all three of the endings? So the the third ending was shot too. Uh, yes, but I don't think that one was ever released on any format. Okay, all right. So I so I have a, a decent chance at seeing the cemetery one then. That third one is ridiculous. Anyway, it sounds ridiculous. I don't. I had a like. I, I was confused by that th- line from his dad as well. Like it again. It's that thing where it sounds cryptic, and therefore it must be used, but it doesn't necessarily like hold any true meaning that I can understand. Like, okay, yeah, that that's not really true. Apparition of my father, because I'm going to be killed by this room, right? That's the whole thing. Like I'm about well, to die unnatural early death. Isn't that what's happening to me right now? Why would Mike's father be going after Sam, his publisher, anyway? It, it, there was no link, no correlation there. Nothing would would make. And Mike's father wasn't dead anyway. I mean, he was in a yeah. uh, he was in a some hospital. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Did they yeah, ever, it doesn't make any sense. Did they ever say what happened to him as a child? I, I I'm struggling to remember if they ever did. Like, was he abused? Was he I, I, I don't. Know. I don't. I don't remember they if they ever did. touched about. I don't think they, they never, they never did. Okay. 
I, I think it was up to your interpretation because when we meet the the first now I'm, I, I want to talk about something else too real quick we we had another podcast that I listened to just recently talked about this movie and they said that they felt John Cusack through the entire movie was very much a douchebag and the way he talked with people and they, they specifically mentioned in the very beginning he talks about how he wanted to be a successful author and then he got kind of pigeonholed into doing these top 10 type move these top 10 type books um and he did write a novel and this girl comes up yeah. to him at book signing <laughs> with that novel for him to sign and he just seemed to kind of blow her off and i didn't get that i thought he he would handle that the way I would have handled it. I'd be like, Oh wow, shit. That's a blast from the past. Yeah. Uh, that's not me anymore. Sorry. Who can I make this out to that? That's kind of how I, I took that. And, um, I, when she says that it, the relationship between the father and son was so raw, was that real? And he was like, no, 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 that was all made up. I think it was real. It was based. It off, was real. You, you see that later too, when he's crawling through the, um, the crawl, the, the, ducked and he looks down and he sees the argument between him and his father Mm -hmm. and his father you know looks up at it at the the vent um i think there was there was something they never give us any definitive answer i think that's left for you just a bad relationship that yeah was past hours is i mean and that's all it really has to be but it doesn't you don't need it that that really fleshed out but it was a little I had a little confusion at first with that book i i agree with you that like and when he was talking to that woman i didn't think it was too over the top mean like he was he was a douchebag and especially towards the beginning but his arc is to do something unselfish to redeem himself at the end so he has to be a bit of a douchebag he's carrying around yeah. this trauma of his daughter's death and all that shit but i was confused about whether that book was post his daughter's death or pre and i think by the end i kind of figured out it was pre so that was about i i wondered if it was about because samuel L. jackson references that book as well and says i thought the father was a bit of a bastard and i thought by him yeah. saying that he was talking about john cusack um, as his like his stand-in character as the father of the daughter because it was a book about them, but then later on I was like, no, okay, so here's his father. They wouldn't have br- just bring him up whole cloth out of nothing. So it must have been that relationship. Yeah. Um, so there was a little bit of confusion for me, and that, like, I don't know how much that truly added, except like I I just don't know what it added really, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, the whole thing is about his relationship with his daughter. I don't know. Is it is it just to say that you know abused people abuse people? Because I mean that's that's fine. I guess it just it feels like they're like we don't have any details about what happened. All we know is that the fa his dad was a bit of a bastard, and then we see John Cusack in his past like going out for smokes and abandoning his his morning wife and all this shit that is definitively shitty. Um, I don't know. I is it he, he becomes his father? Me. Maybe maybe I just stumbled on the answer to my question about what the father was fucking talking about. As I was, I took that more that's what that is. trauma though. I mean, he he just lost his daughter. People grieve in different ways, and yet I'm one of those people that if something really bad or traumatic or or super emotional is happening, I am going to go in another room. I'm going to lock the door. I don't want to deal with it. And my the way I handle it is. I stick my head in the sand until it all works itself out. And then, hey, all right, here I am. I'm back. So that I can I kind of relate to him. That I, I don't have no idea how he would handle the loss of a child, but I would imagine it would be something similar. I need to get away. 
Mm-hmm. So um, I don't think he was much of a, an asshole or, or anything in, in that aspect there. I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's his wife's mourning, too. Like, that's the thing. It's like you can't you can say, yeah, I mean, it's like if, if I had the choice on how to mourn whole cloth, then sure, do whatever you want, do whatever makes you feel good. But he's got another person there with him. That yeah. is also mourning well, he, that he's he's in love with supposedly. So he definitely says when when she said well, you know why did you leave and he flat out says because every time I looked you looked at you in the face all I saw was Katie. You know, and so the longer he was he was around his wife the more pissed he was getting. So the only thing he could do was leave. You know go, and go I, as, therapy, as much as bro. I understand it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean there's as, options as much as, for you. I mean I I do understand it. I, I don't agree with it, but I understand yeah. it. You know, I See, mean, I maybe he had, you know, maybe if he had left him and like, you know what, I, I need a couple of days of myself. I'll be back like on Monday or something like that mm-hmm. or, or whichever. But I mean, he just flat out abandons. Yeah, he moved and, to, to, and moved to <laughs> California. Yeah. He's just, he's just, fuck this. I'm out. You know, <laughs> and he's well, gone. he didn't say where he was going to get the smokes from. So yeah, or when, yeah, what decade. Point. That's a good point. I went, I went for these smokes in 1998. <laughs> I'm waiting for back the... in 2007 waiting for the parliament uh ultras to come out in 2021 and then i'll be back so uh i don't know listening now uh, comparing this to the the story by the way there are some some big differences for example the story have you either of you read the story or listened to the audiobook no so no the daughter is nowhere to be found in the story there's there is nothing like that. That whole sub story with the daughter and the wife does not exist in the story. Uh, at least is there a wife? No, no, no. Not it's, even a wife. Okay. No, it's just Mike, and it it starts with him walking into the lobby of the um the hotel, and the manager scurrying across to stop him because he knows what he's there for. And then we we get the office scene where uh, Olin is talking with Mike, and you know tries to convince him realizes he can't convince him then he goes up to the um the room uh he talks about how the door seems a little angled like like it's just not right uh which is supposed to give him a little feel of um uh, almost like seasickness uh he gets into the room all the the pictures are kind of angled and and cockeyed uh which adds to the the dis um uh, what was i going to say the Disapproval of his father. I don't know. <laughs> I, Disadvantage. I, I, of no, I was Victoria, but I don't think that's a word. Disinfectant smell. <laughs> adds to the disinfectant smell. Um, Why don't you I mean, just bring your own lemon pledge? No, no, no. no. <laughs> uh, so uh things like that he does set the he sets himself on fire actually to get out of the room um there's there's actually security cameras outside the room focused on the door that we don't see in the movie various little things like that that makes sense that makes sense by the way you would figure i, I god damn it you would figure in, in even in 2007 they would have hallway cameras or, or everything watching that freaking room you know, we should have had a scene of Olin watching the outside of the door, pretty much going, "Okay, let's see how long this takes." You know, that that would have added to that, I think. Damn it! Well, they didn't have mm-hmm. Lynn Shay around at the time. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I, 
I gotta tell you, I I, th- I like the addition of the story with the little girl. I think it adds, you know, uh, something for you to link yourself to Michael and to to feel a little more for him. But I do kind of feel it was forced a little bit, because um, it really didn't make much sense with the the rest of the story uh, to me. To me, anyway. I I don't in, know. At any point in time, in in your audio, did you listen to it or did you read it? When you I talked about the. Uh... You listened. Did yeah, they? Yeah. Did he have his father in there at all? I mean, was there any backstory to him at all, or it, it was just that nothing? There was no backstory to him. It was just in an evil fucking room. Period. Yeah, dude in that an evil it. fucking okay. room. Okay. See, I yeah, I think that for me, like I, I haven't read it, but I feel like I would have to have something to cling to, especially well, first of all, because it's an hour and a half movie, not uh, I don't know, twenty minute read. Um, assuming, assumedly, I don't know, but um. Like yeah, give him something to overcome. Like there's no arc if the if the arc is just surviving the room, that's fine. But it's not very compelling. It's not. It doesn't yeah. lead, leave a human element for you to latch onto, besides the drive for survival, which is like, you know, step one of engaging your audience. So yeah, I don't know. This I mean, could have I, been an interesting creep show episode. Yeah, if they were keeping them that short, they could have just threw fourteen oh eight in, just starting it just like you said in the actual story and that could have been like a, a great like hour long episode what is that yeah. hbo show that's like uh one room 104 you guys familiar with that Mm-mm. it's a, kind of what you're describing it's it's a it's an anthology show where there's a different story every week but it's all told in the same motel room so it's like all kinds of different not all horror stories either some of them are some of them aren't hmm. i haven't seen but maybe five or six of them um but yeah it would it would fit nicely in that in that little world except for the fact that you know <laughs> this this specific hotel room does this specific thing so it's a little different in that way but oh, me intrigued i got into that use uh room 104 you said i think it's room 104 yeah, I, if i'm not wrong i'm not I, mistaken i just jotted it down just in case because if, if there's something like that out there i think i want to check it out <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm i won't say it's like anthology. yeah it's not like it's not the most compelling thing in the world i believe it's hbo but it's like it's so it's high quality and it's like very different kinds of stories. There was one about like a couple of Mormon missionaries, one about like some like people that stole. I can't remember now. It's been a while since I've seen it, but it's pretty varied shit. I like that in my anthologies. If you're going to have the same setting, it's all bottle episodes too. So that's, what's interesting about it. Nice. Well, let's, uh, anything else we want to talk about on, on the movie? Any Uh, other John Cusack? John Cusack had great hair. I mean, <laughs> actually, you know what, uh, Randy, we're going to put you on the spot for a second here. Sure. Uh, oh fuck! When Soju and um, Rob were on, they brought the the cooter hunting. Uh, oh, was boy. there a cooter in this movie? Oh God, let's see. Um, I mean, the obvious oh. answer would to me. Hold on. Before we go too far, you got to tell us what a cooter is. Oh, that's true. And now I have to go and open up a document so I can remember all the information. Um, this is not my segment. I've only been doing it for three years. Um, so a cooter, for those who don't know, is an archetype that we have uh, identified over at the Straight Chilling Podcast. Um, it's an excluse, as Justin likes to say. Um, but uh, a cooter is basically somebody who, um, first of all, gives you an une- uneasy feeling for some reason. And it's kind of distilled down into five major points that you can identify. If you hit three or more, we qualify you as a cooter worthy of being locked in cooter gulag. Um, 
The first is the uh, look or general attire of a person. There is whether or not they're sexually deviant in some way, be they like a molester, lester the molester or some such. Um, they're, uh, they have uh, smug arrogance of some kind, if they're pretty full of themselves, um, if they're manipulative and are willing to lie to get what they want. Um, and then last but not least is if they are pathetic in some specific way. Um, so yeah, my... Yeah, I'm a cooter. I gotta go. <laughs> I have been accused. It's, we've never turned that radar gun on ourselves, so it's be interesting <laughs> to try one day. But, I am actually um, proud to be the first real-life cooter that Straight Chillin' Podcast had picked, so... Oh, I mean, that's 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 not in the books. We will we will have to put you through the ringer ourselves, sir. And, um, and also, don't be proud of that. Well, I, I am damn proud. I recommend the Curse of the Campbell Confederates. And when they got to the Cooter segment, they're like, "Yeah, Mike." Yeah, yeah that dude. Yeah, that uh, we got beef. By the way, we got beef. This man likes to make our lives a living hell. <laughs> uh, make it. What was it? Uh, the the mixed up zombies. Yeah, fuck off, man. That shit. Yeah. <laughs> that shit, man. We got beef. I got beef with two podcasts: the Horror Apocalypse podcast and Cereal. I just don't like Sarah Koenig that much. Um, wait, wait. Actual yeah. like breakfast cereal, or is there a? <laughs> I mean, no. But how you say that? I, I kind of, kind of want some Captain. But, fuck um, you, Captain Crunch. Um, anyway, so yeah, so as far as cooters go in this movie, it's, this is a pretty light cast. Like there's just not a lot of people to to even look at. Um, I would argue that the strongest competitor for that title would be the room itself. So let's go down the list. If you guys want, and we can see which points it hits. Um, first of all, is it manipulative? Hell yeah, it is. (laughs) This thing is fucking Johnny Knoxville pranking people the whole fucking movie. Um, I would have been so great if the room's like, oh, I'm done in Knoxville. That, would wish... been, that movie would have been so great. The receptionist voice is, hi, how's it going? You want to check out now? <laughs> I don't know. I can't do a Knoxville. Anyway, so yeah, he hits manipulation. He, I'm now identifying the room with a gender. Um, the room is manipulative. Uh, I would argue smug because that uh, voice on the phone is pretty goddamn sure of itself like oh no you're gonna kill yourself now Um, exactly i think that's probably what you're gonna do or i'll torture you for all all eternity um so those are two for me um i don't know what do you guys think about pathetic i wouldn't i wouldn't think pathetic hits but i do think attire hits attire hits okay well what go on because because the wallpaper is that what you're doing (laughs) wallpaper so passe it was They do talk about that in the story as well, that it just seems out of place and almost feels felt like uh, skin when he felt the, the wallpapers. So, yeah, I, I, it was definitely dated because they couldn't get in and, and arrange anything. People weren't staying yep. in there for very long when they did the light turndown, uh, so they couldn't really update it. It was dated. It was ugly coloring, which we talked about at the very beginning, which was all based mm-hmm. off the wallpapers, the paint, the the color scheme of the, the furniture. So yeah, I, I for me, no. That checks right in there for uh for a tire. See, it's not the prettiest room I've ever seen or anything like that, but uh I kinda like those like I don't know, old like mansion y den looking hotel rooms. I kinda like that on some level, even though the like you said, the color is not great in this particular one. So so even though it's not pretty, you'd still sleep with it or in it, as it were. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'd sleep in it. <laughs> um <laughs> 
yeah, I, I, I think that there's an argument to be made there, but I think that would be pretty, it's pretty light on my, on my watch. The thing is like the room can be whatever it wants. It looks like whatever the fuck it wants. Um, so it's kind of tough to say for looks. I don't know. Um, it's got terrible paintings on the wall. Oh yeah. <laughs> now the paintings in the story were different than the ones in the movie as well. Were they? Were the, yeah. What were the paintings in the story? Do you remember? Uh, there was a horrible colored uh, painting of fruit. He said it was very much like a sunset color scheme. Hmm. Um, yeah. Almost like in a desert, he said. <laughs> he, the quote was, um, it almost looked like desert fruit, the kind that you would eat and hurt yourself shitting the next day. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, we've all been there. Yeah, <laughs> it was that. There was a, a painting of a woman on a staircase. And I think the the ship was still there, but uh, the other two were were different. I don't know. This this room actually, like the room, kind of reminded me at one point. I, I should have mentioned this before. Remind reminded me a little bit of being a kid playing The Sims, being just like a fucking edgy as shit thirteen year old playing The Sims and just torturing my Sims to death by putting them in a room filled with those clown paintings. <laughs> That's kind of what this thing reminded me of. Um, a little non sequitur there for you. So maybe I'm the cooter. Who knows. <laughs> No, I think uh, I think we would agree with yeah. um, with the room. I I could probably make an argument for John Cusack for Mike as well. So could I. Mm. Yeah, go please. He do. Definitely, <laughs> definitely has the attire. He is definitely manipulative. Um, and you guys even said that you thought it was kind of pathetic that he would just take off and and leave his wife like that afterwards. So I yeah, think he hits at least three out of them. Between him and the room, they really deserve each other. <laughs> <laughs> So who are we? Who are we tossing in in Cooter Jail? I think I think you you've actually made a pretty compelling point for Mike Enslin. Uh, I would say just toss them in a cell together, let them live out that hour for the rest of their days. Let's Cooters turn them into the the cell. Yeah, the room the room is the cell, and uh, Mike Enslin is uh, I don't know whatever a person is to a cell. Uh, Rita actually just commented. Yeah, she there you go. Point. That's word. That's a word. What'd Rita just commented. She had a great point. Uh, she said that she loved how this started off as a "you finish the tale" sample of one of his instructional publications. Is talking about Stephen King, uh, mm-hmm. and then he later finished it himself and published it as a short story. So <laughs> that makes sense, actually. I, I'm having not read it. Like, yeah, I, I didn't know he did a lot of that. Does he do a lot of like the? the... No, well, he does some instructional. But uh, this was, I, I think, the uh, intro to one of his uh, books was, you can, you know, finish this tale. He, we're going to lay the groundwork. Now you finish it. And uh, he probably probably took it from somebody else and paid them enough hush money. So, <laughs> Grisham, so look at this lamp. <laughs> this lamp. Ooh. All right. How much? <laughs> exactly. Let's it go works. ahead and read it. Uh, Randy, you always have, have to go last on your show, so we're going to let you go ahead and go first on ours. Oh, you're going to regret it. I'm going to change my mind. I know. You, I don't know if you guys write in ink like Bob does, but boy, the, the boy has a problem with ink. Um, <laughs> so I would give this movie, I don't know, let me see. I, I liked this movie a lot the first time I saw it. I never got around to watching it again until this podcast, till preparing for this. Um, and I would say that it holds up to what I expected of it, but being however many years removed now, 13 years removed, it does kind of feel like it. Do, it's not a timeless flick. It, it feels kind of of its yeah. time and a lot of its approaches. 
Um, it's multiple endings are a little disconcerting. I'm not sure which one to hang my hat on necessarily as, as in terms of, like, they say it's a director's cut. I don't know, man. I don't know which one really speaks to me the most. They're all satisfying enough, but none of them really blew my, blew my skirt back. So I think, I think I'm going to give it a three and a half. This is a, a worthy movie to me. I think it's worthy of watching. Um, like you said, I agree that like a, a younger kid could probably watch this without incident and being America, there's no nudity or anything like that. So mom and dad approved probably. Um, I think it, uh, I think it has its place and I think that it's often overlooked because of its less than daring non R rated nature, but it does some pretty good, um, psychological bends it does twists without being twists in an era where the twist was all that people could do in any major movie any movie with this kind of budget that was in the horror thriller realm it was just fucking twist after twist like you saw it come in every fucking movie so um with this movie they 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 dodge that but they also keep you guessing at the same time it's not like you ever you know you don't have that big recontextualization moment but you also don't have uh yourself like being proven right and trying to guess the ending like you're fucking Clouseau or some shit. So I think a three and a half is fair, entertaining, fun, a little dated. Um, yeah, those are probably the biggest points. All right, Chris. Okay. Um, I'm actually just a little bit less. Uh, I'm at three, uh, for this one, although I did enjoy it. Um, uh, <laughs> It definitely is dated. Uh, a thousand percent correct on that. It definitely feels very dated. Um, if they were to try to do this again, I'd be a thousand percent uh, behind it. I would love to see an updated version of this movie to see if they could try to pull off this story again now um, with better effects and stuff like that and not uh, not um, Babylon 5 video toaster. Uh, oh, hey. Talking, but oh, I'm sorry that I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Whoops, that was that was just in the back of my head. I don't know. You Sometimes shut your my inner mouth. monologue. You shut your horn mouth and you respect the B5, buddy. I will respect the B5. Are we talking sure. about vitamins. I have no idea what's going on right now. <laughs> uh, this this will be a long, uh, a very very long debate on Babylon Five. Uh, very long debate on Babylon Five. <laughs> But um, I enjoyed it. Uh, it's definitely safe for the kids. Um, I don't know why that's important now. Um, for some reason, I don't know why I brought that up earlier. But it, it's definitely safe for the kids. Uh, for PG-13, as far as you know, just being a little scary type of thing, it wasn't bad. Um, I would definitely give it a solid three on it. Uh, if we had gotten a little bit of nudity, even a butt, I would have popped it up, you know, just a little bit. But you sex um, got a tight butt. <laughs> yeah, he does, but we didn't actually see it, so he still gets a three. Um, had he shown his ass, maybe three and a quarter. But uh, yeah, yeah no, no, that I no bitty bump from us, huh? Yeah, no, not, nothing on this one. Uh, but it was it was good. I definitely solid three on it. Definitely worth worth a watch. Um, yeah. What about you, sir? Well, I just want to let uh, Randy know that we stole another thing from you guys. We we do a half star bump, but it's not half star for the Yabos. We call it a bitty bump for you know, bitty titty I bump. I see. So <laughs> you'll be you'll be hearing from our lawyers. <laughs> yeah. they're very they're very incompetent. So you're in good and, hands. And you'll we... be hearing from ours. I'm the lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> we pay we pay them a lot. You shut up. You shut up. <clears throat> <clears throat> oh, my God. Okay. Well, first, uh, I want to say, Randy, I sent you a picture to show. Uh, this is very rare. Um, 
we came up exactly the same. I give this a 3.5. Uh, and it it's not something that, you know, I just threw on there. I wanted you to take a picture so you could see my, my board that I'm, I'm referring to, which I fill out before we even start. So, um, yeah, 3.5. I, I do feel that um, it is dated, but not the movie. Oh, Chris, stop. Not the movie <laughs> itself, just certain aspects of it. The ghosts, I felt, were very dated, uh, which I said from the beginning. Um, if we could redo the graphics on that, like you said, Chris, perfect. I think we could have a, a fantastic, you know, movie. Yep. The three endings really only, I really enjoyed one of them. I love the theatrical ending. The, uh, second alternate ending was ridiculous. The, the one that we saw, the director's cut one, um, was good, but it was like you said, a cheap, low hanging jump scare, uh, at the end. It was just one final, ah, boo. And then Samuel Jackson drives off. That was it. It was ridiculous. Um, I was really hoping I was going to get the recorder one, and I didn't. So uh, that was kind of a crapshoot on that one. Uh, I, I definitely love this movie, though. It, it made my number one of my top five PG-13 horror. I think it is very suspenseful, very horrific in certain areas. Very predictable, though. Uh, when he climbs out and he's walking across the, the side of the building, you know he's not going to reach a win another window. You You just know it. <laughs> but... You watch that dance anyway. You want to see how it's going to play out. Um, I definitely recommend everyone check it out. Watch all three endings if you can find the third one. If not, check out the two and, and formulate your own opinion. Uh, let us know what you think. I give it a 3.5, though. I would definitely recommend it, and I will probably watch it again before the end of this year. should watch it like Clue, all three endings. That should be how, how it's presented. So we do have something here, though, that we did not steal from another podcast. So uh, we're going to I forgot to mention this to you. Randy. You? So you, I'm sorry. You have no time to prepare for this. So we'll we'll go. Through I never us prepare. Two. We'll go through us two first and kind of give you a chance to to think about it. But it is time for our double double feature 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 feature. So, Chris, and for our double feature segment, what would you pair 1408 with? You're going to sit down. You're going to have a double feature night. 1408 is one of them. What's the other one? Well, being the fact that this was a hotel movie and uh, the only thing that popped in my head for whatever reason uh, was the original Psycho movie. Uh, because I feel the original Psycho movie is safe enough that anyone can watch it, you know, uh, at, at I have to be very specific when I say this. When I say the original Psycho movie, I mean the original Psycho movie, not Vince Vaughn, not the shot for shot remake. I don't think uh, anybody's movie, confusing but... the original okay, statement I just... with that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to make sure, you know, that we had that out there. But I, I feel like that yeah, was, I feel like it it's suspenseful enough um and has a, a, enough little scares and stuff like that in that movie. Uh, to be able to go hand in hand with this one. And being the fact that, um, shit, what year was the Does anyone know off the top of their head what year the original Psycho was? Was that uh, 1967? Something like that. Totally misled you. Let's see. I'll look it up. 1945. <laughs> uh, I, I kind of feel like they almost go hand in hand with the with the way it feels, time, like, like time-wise in that hotel. So... 1960. 1960. Okay. It was close. All right. <laughs> I was one well, numbers. 
No, you were seven numbers off, but still. No, no, no. You take that seven to a zero, and there I was. It was that one number that you <laughs> the one number needed, one digit change. Yeah. So, so that, is, that is what I think. I'm going with Psycho. Uh, when you started your your description, one movie popped right into my head, and I'm like, oh shit, he's going to take that one, and that's going to leave Randy. You know, kind of floundering to, to think of uh, of one, and you didn't pick it. So, um, I it popped into my head almost immediately. Uh, I'm not going to take it. I'm going to go with the one that I actually had written down. <laughs> I am going to go with the innkeepers. I want to stick with the the kind of haunted um, aspect. I don't want to go with just a hotel theme. I'm going with the full haunted hotel, and I'm going with the innkeepers. I think it pairs very well with it. Um, also very suspenseful, very scary. I do probably actually rank this one higher uh, as far as which one would be more enjoyable. Uh, Innkeepers, I mean. But, uh, of course, it's not PG-13. It is uh, a little higher. Uh, I think that one is an R. So you're very limited limited in what you can do with that one. But um, I do think that one would be a better movie. But it would pair very well with this one. You get kind of both ends of the spectrum. Randy, what have you got? Well, um, I just put together a list trying to decide which one is, is going to work for me. Yeah, okay. um, uh, I'm assuming that the the conclusion that you you would have expected me to draw was to The Shining. Is that what you were yes, thinking? Exactly. Of? I did think of that. I also thought of Room Two Three Seven, which is about The Shining. If you guys are familiar with that, the documentary about okay. Mm-hmm documentary about the room and what that what like all these insane things that Kubrick was definitely not doing with the movie <laughs> the shining um uh but i started thinking about the movie again and one of the things i like about it is that it is sort of a bottle um and it sort of takes place exclusively in one area oh there you go <laughs> you got it um that Michael's was, like i've never heard of it that, yeah i mean i assumed you did but, um for the for the <laughs> listening audience um so I was thinking about bottle movies. I thought about the movie House, not House Sue, but House, uh, which I don't remember if there's a lot out, that happens outside the titular house or not. I don't remember that movie that well, so I kind of backed off of that. I thought about Triangle, but I think more than happens than is just on the boat, uh, the, the boat that, that they're stuck on in that movie. So I kind of landed on two things. Um, the first is having to do with being a bottle, and that's The Invitation, which I love, and I just think about all the time. That movie occurs entirely in one building, um, one home. Um, it's a lot more social than this movie, which I think maybe would counterbalance a little bit. It's a more of like a one-on-one, not ghostly, sort of sp- uh, spooky affair, um, but it all happens within this sort of like dimly lit, like nice, you know, homey environment um, so I thought it maybe worked on that level. And the other one that I'm, I'm still tossed up between these two doesn't hit either of those marks, but it does have to do with losing a kid and does have a lot to do with Stephen King. And that's Pet Cemetery. Um, the Ooh. idea of like trauma of losing a child leading you to do, you know, be a bad person or do terrible things in the Ooh. case of Pet Cemetery. Basically, pe- fathers reacting to the death of their children is the situation that brought me to that. So I think... Given the choice between the two of them, I think the stronger link is to Pet Cemetery. Having talked it out a little bit for myself, so I'll go with that. Pet Cemetery, fourteen oh eight, match made in hell. Just making it a <laughs> night. All right. You know, I, I didn't even think of that too. I I forgot to to mention that's one of my favorite types of movies, and that may be why I actually really like fourteen oh eight. And I've said it before. I love movies in a very limited um, area. 
if you like 12 angry men is one of my favorite movies of all time you put fucking movie yeah you are you get everything everything is dealt to you through dialogue and you you begin to feel for characters based off their acting and the lines and it's just it's so much more in um inclusive you almost feel like you're part of it when you're in just that one area once you're bouncing all over the place it, it you, you, you're just watching a story play out, but when you're watching this, you become part of the story, and that's why I really like that. Um, but yeah, that was great. I never thought of um, uh, Invitation. That's a good choice, too. All right. So we had a, a great time having you here, Randy. We really appreciate it. Uh, the best time. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of kind of teed up an endorsement there. Yeah. <laughs> best podcast of all time. Tell us, tell us all about where we can listen to you more. Oh, God. We're on all the standard podcast outlets. We uh, release our podcast on YouTube. It's on Spotify. It's through Apple and iTunes, rather. It's Stitcher. You can, you can get it pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. It's called Straight Chilling with the hard G podcast. Um, and we do uh, basically a version of this show every week <laughs> so, um, with uh, myself and two of your previous guests. So, um, yeah, it's a uh, you know, pretty casual conversation about horror movies. Come check us out. If you like this, you're probably going to like it. Probably will. <laughs> <laughs> Can't imagine why. Uh... <laughs> and Kevin loves you. So, I mean, there's that. Uh, who? No one else saw that? No. N- what? Uh, no one else sees the dialogue. I, 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 oh. I'm looking at the dialogue on on the uh, on the uh, Facebook. My God, where's my words? <laughs> did you say on the Facebook? On I did. It's just on Facebook. the Facebooks. Justin Timberlake yeah, on, taught me that. It's it, it's on the Facebooks and the pot. <clears throat> the faces, you know, books of faces. Um. Okay. All right. Well. <laughs> Yeah, leave it to so me. well, and now it's all gone to hell. Thanks, Kevin. I just I just got on the Facebook and saw it. <laughs> oh, he, he actually did comment? Hold on, what did he say? He did, yeah. He said, it's he in said, quotes, so I'm wondering how sincere it is, but sure, thanks, man. That is a good point. That, <laughs> that isn't quotes. You mean We love you, Randy. <laughs> you mean the shinning? You want to get sued? All right, yeah. <laughs> Kevin is probably one of the uh, biggest Simpsons fans I know. Uh, oh, yeah. He can almost seem to he can almost seem to find some way to get a Simpsons line in somewhere. And... Well, I'll tell you, <laughs> tell you what, Kevin, come listen to our, our next episode. We're doing Treehouse of Terror, four episodes. Nice, doing the first four episodes, right? Yep, that's right. Nice. Yeah, God, definitely check, check them out, everybody. Um, let you guys know we didn't have a phone line question. Uh, this uh, we didn't set one up. Um, next episode though, we will be reviewing serpent and the rainbow and we're going to have our mm-hmm. special celebrity guest, Mitch Hyman back to discuss that movie with us. Um, I'm actually really excited about that. I don't know if we'll be able to get a word in edgewise, but he should be back to <laughs> talk that movie with us. We, uh, that we will actually... definitely know what he, what he thinks of serpent and the rainbow. That's for sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> that was actually based off his recommendation during his hour and a half long, uh, uh <laughs> takeover of the show. That was, that was a fun episode. Um, but he'll be back to discuss Serpent in the Rainbow. Chris, you want to, Randy, help us out? Any kind of question you could, uh, we could pose for that phone? Oh, in? God. I, uh, God, I, t- I have to do this at least once every week. You'd think I'd be better at it by now. <laughs> um, scrambling for a question. I don't know. I guess, I don't know. H- at what point 
would you draw the line when when you're talking to uh, Samuel L. Jackson in this movie? If you're in Enslin's place and he's offering you that three thousand dollars scotch and uh, giving you all this stuff so you can write your book anyway and just saying telling you all this fucked up shit, at what point do you just go like, you know what? I don't care that much. Sure, give me the booze, give me the file, I'll write my story, and I'll be out of your hair. That's kind of I kind of felt like I was like why why even bother like why why do you you don't even care about these books you're writing so that that is a really good really good point i mean i i already knew that when i was watching when i was watching this the second he's like all right tell you what i'll give you all these murder case files that you can pretty much just write from whatever it is they say this three thousand dollar bottle of scotch what do you say i would have been like yeah i'm done man thanks yeah you can write a whole other room and yeah yeah pretty much I don't know. I don't know. I I think it would take a lot more than that for me. Okay, uh, you're a more principled man than I. (laughs) No, no, no. I just I feel like um, the for me obviously yeah there there's something there. Then you are going this hard in the paint. There's something there. I want to know what it is now. So your curiosity would get the better of you, really, at that point. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, my curiosity is not that strong. <laughs> yeah, mine. Not mine. I can be bought. <laughs> yeah, I can easily be bought. We have a Patreon. <laughs> oh, uh, we just lost Kevin as a fan, by the way. Uh, oh, no. He, uh, he was going to check out your podcast anyway. Um, there's a problem with that because as soon as he checks out Straight Chillin', uh, they're so much better than we are. <laughs> We're done. He's done. And they release uh, their audio episodes timely, where <laughs> ours are, well, I'm off Friday, Saturday, or sorry, Saturday, Sunday, so I'm probably going to drop, like, the six bulk episodes we have left <laughs> in there, you know, so. If you're going to suck as bad as we do, you better be punctual, that's all I'm saying. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but, anyway, guys, listen, don't forget, check us out on Podbean, Google, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, etc. Anywhere where you can find quality podcasts like Straight Chilling with the Hard G. You can also find us for some reason. They take us as well. But you can also support us with our GoFundMe, our Patreon page, PayPal, all kinds of areas. Don't forget, next week we have Serpent in the Rainbow with Mitch Hyman. We After that, the week after that, we will be discussing Sinister in our first ever Couples Scarapy, where my wife will finally join us, and we will be reviewing Sinister with another couple. Uh, the week after that, we will have another episode of the new Couples Scarapy, where my wife will join us, and we will be discussing Eden Lake. Uh, and the week after that, we'll have House Shark, and we'll have actress Kate Phoenix back with us to discuss House Shark, since that is one of her favorite movies. But guys, thank you so much. Randy, thank you so much for joining us. We can't wait to have you back on. If you think of a movie you want to discuss with us, let us know. We'd love to have you on. Man, are you giving me free reign to pick a movie for you to watch? Because I can make that hard for you. <laughs> well, you're going to join us for it, though, That so keep in mind. Hey, I mean, I'm not willing. I'm not... I'm not so I'm not so not petty as to not want to shoot myself in, along with you guys. So <laughs> retribution comes at a price. You do. You you have free reign to pick whatever movie you want to watch with us and discuss with us. Hell yeah, Gilmore Girls. Let's go. I am a big fan of Rory. Thank you. I will talk and Gilmore. I'm out. Damn it! <laughs> you called my bluff. <laughs> I I want to live in Stars Hollow. I really want to live in Stars Hollow. I have a feeling oh, Luke and I could be best friends. Man, this did not go the way better. I should have known better. You can always best me at this game. (laughs) 
All right, guys. Thanks again. Hang around if you want to talk with us for a little bit. And uh, as usual. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Mm-mm. Fuck this shit, I'm out. No thanks. Don't mind me. I'ma just grab my stuff and leave. Excuse me, please. Fuck this shit, I'm out. No. Fuck this shit, I'm out. All right, then. I don't know what the fuck just happened, but I don't really care. I'ma get the fuck up out of here. Fuck this shit, I'm out.